0: This episode is brought to you by Carnivor Bar. Carnivor Bar is a high fat meal replacement bar made with only beef, tallow, and salt. They also have a no salt and added honey option. My favorite is the grain fed and grass fed versions with just tallow and salt. I love that the Carnivore Bar is 100% meat with no additives or fillers and is shelf stable. It's a perfect snack or small meal replacement bar when you're on the go, but don't wanna compromise on food quality and sourcing. If you guys follow my work on Nutrition with Judy, you know that I'm a big fan of a high-fat version of carnivore, especially when first starting. But doing high-fat on the road is really hard as most jerkies and canned fish are still pretty lean. This is where Carnivore Bar can be a viable option. I have some clients that eat Carnivore Bar as a savory snack at the end of their meal. The crispy bites bring an added layer of texture, and the flavor in your mouth keeps you craving for more. Make sure to support this podcast by trying Carnivore Bar at carnivorebar.com and use CATG at checkout to get 10% off your order. Thanks for listening and let's get back to the show. Laura and I are just going to be talking really candid. This is what this podcast is all
1: about. It's one thing to say, I want to eat something else that's not meat. It's a whole nother thing to say, you need to eat something else that's not meat.
0: If you notice that you're
1: Welcome back to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. My name is Laura Spath, and I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Judy Cho. And today we want to talk about getting started on carnivore or getting started on a meat-based diet of some kind. There are really two different approaches that you could have to jumping into carnivore, and Judy and I both took two very different ways. We want to break down each of those today and then talk about some tips, maybe things that we wished we knew when we got started uh, and things that might be helpful. If you've been doing this diet for a long time, maybe you'll find some new ways or ways to tweak from this episode, but our hope is to be able to kind of put in a how to get started uh, and wrap it up. And the two ways to go is to go all in, right? To go more of the elimination diet route, to go super strict from the beginning, maybe add some foods back in later and then also there is the opposite side, which is a more gradual approach of slowly cutting out things, maybe going low carb, keto, and then all the way down to carnivore. Um, that wasn't really my, my approach. And I don't even remember, Judy, when you first started, did you just start here about carnivore and go super strict
0: or how did you first start? So I was doing keto plant-based uh, with salmon here and there, or tuna here and there for a while, and. I noticed I kept falling, and so then I started hearing about carnivore and how a meat-only diet is very healing, um, and I think I learned of it by way of the egg-fast diet. So people that were doing the egg-fast were, I guess, people that were pro-carnivore, and so I decided to try it, and I went all in, and the the only reason I had to go all in was because I would try to keep in sugar-free gums, i try to diet sodas, and all of those would make me end up falling. And so the way I was most successful was going all in.
1: So let's talk about that one. Yeah, let's talk about that one first. So like, if you're going to go all in, meaning super strict, like as strict as possible, a lot of what Carnivore Cure is based around is doing that elimination diet. If you're familiar with, you know, Michaela Peterson does the version of the lion diet. Her version is called the lion diet, which is literally meat, salt, water, um, if you're trying to heal. So I guess why would somebody want to go super strict all in from the beginning? Like you're part of your, it was your reason.
0: It really depends on what the reason is. Um, If you are coming in for mental health, it might be easier to just go all in, right? A lot of people that are abstainers, they can do better when they just go all in. And then if you are suffering from a lot of Immune responses, diseases that you just kind of want to get to the root cause of what's going on. Sometimes it's easier to just do an elimination protocol, meaning that let's remove all the grains, all the plants, and then just start from a really simple baseline of ruminant meats. So that would be like beef, bison, elk, and then just try that. And then as you get a baseline of health, meaning less symptoms, less loose stools, less gut issues, whatever your symptoms may be, as you get a better baseline, you can then. Reintroduce foods. Um, so then it could be maybe you add chicken or pork, um, you may add fish or you may add eggs. And in Carnivore Cure, I explain why certain foods are left in the beginning. For example, one of the reasons we don't do fish early is because they are higher in histamines, especially the canned fish variety. That's one of the reasons why you want to start that. And then for me personally, it's because I was an abstainer. I have a history of binge eating and bulimia. And so for me, It was that little gateway of a sugar-free gum, a sugar-free soda, or any sweetener was just making me crave the real thing. And then eventually I would fall. And so I finally just went all in. And that's what made the biggest difference for me, at least while I needed to heal.
1: And so how long do you think, like if somebody was coming in to heal autoimmune issues or some gut healing issues, it does vary for everybody. And so we, like we say, whenever we ask how long, the first answer that she's going to say is it depends, but how long do you think somebody should do something like beef only or ruminants only before they started adding things back in?
0: So in a perfect world, it would be when the symptoms just diminish, right? So if you are noticing healing, that would be when maybe you can either say, okay, I like that I'm feeling better. So I just want to stay in this safe zone for a little bit longer, or it can be okay, now that I feel safe and this is my new normal of what a baseline is, now I want to introduce a little bit more chicken, a little bit more pork. I'd say in a perfect world, I would say at least 30 days of just ruminant meats. In carnivore cure, I say it's only a week. And the reason is because, I mean, everyone wants like the quick fix in 30 days. And so I had to try to incorporate all the meats within 30 days, which is not ideal. I think it's better to go longer, but it will really be dependent on your symptoms.
1: makes sense i think a lot of people can get past like the loose stools and feel a little more satiated and um start noticing a huge difference in things like inflammation skin issues a lot of those in about a week or two i think depending on you know i would say two weeks in you should absolutely be feeling less bloating less inflammation you know you should hopefully if you're having normal gut responses be moving past the loose stools And if you're not, if you're two weeks in and you're still struggling with that, that's when I think you look at getting some digestive enzymes and some other, um, maybe you need supplements to help you do some further gut healing at that point, or you, maybe you need to adjust that, um, fat to protein ratio. So that I definitely think that if you are trying to heal something drastic, any type of severe skin issues, eczema, inflammation, diabetes, um, going all in is a, is a great thing and it can be really positive. You're going to see, obviously you're going to see the quickest results going that way. Um, and I, especially from a healing perspective, but I do think there can be some downsides to going all in right from the very beginning. Um, I think it's hard for some people, for me personally, it's, it would have seemed very overwhelming from an emotional standpoint. I'm I'm like you, I am an abstainer as well but I didn't know that from the very beginning. And I couldn't admit that, I guess. And so if I had to go from eating five or six times a day, lots of processed foods, gas station food, snacks, my afternoon snicker bar, my evening ice cream, and go from all of these things that I was eating to nothing but beef, I would have given up very quickly. uh, And I would not have lasted long. So I think just knowing kind of mentally, where are you coming from? If you are going straight into this and trying to make this huge radical change and you don't have the motivation, you're just trying to lose weight. I think that is where that would be a downside to going so strict right from the very beginning, um, depending on kind of what kind of person you are. But you have to figure that out for yourself a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I guess based on what you just said, I technically took the step down approach too. then because I didn't go from a plant-based standard American diet. I went from a plant-based keto diet. And so I was already really fat adapted by the time I tried carnivore. And so I already had the ketones, the intermittent fasting, uh, the extended fasting, all of that was already down pat. And so by the time I switched to meat-based. It was literally, I just incorporated meat and I took out all the veggies, the fat bombs um, with erythritol and those types of things. So I, I guess for me too, it was a step down. It wasn't like I went from eating bread and all of this stuff to then all of a sudden going just meat-based. So I think that would be really hard. It's possible.
1: And you're going to see quick results that way. It does depend on where you're coming from. If you're currently keto cutting everything out and going strict carnivore would be, might be a a great jump for you to find healing. But if you are coming from a standard diet, it's possible to go strict beef only. Um, But like we've said here, you are going to feel pretty terrible. And as long as you know that that's pretty temporary, um, it's going to take you a week or two to really get past a lot of that carb withdrawal and feeling terrible it it depends. Do you want to feel terrible for a short amount of time or do you want to get there a little more gradually? It just depends on how how much do you like torture?
0: I mean, a lot of practitioners also believe that the step-down approach in terms of lowering your carbohydrate consumption over time will be a less of a shock on the body. So I was eating probably over 300 grams of carbohydrates on my plant-based diet. And so then to go all of a sudden to 20 grams or less on a ketogenic diet, I had really bad withdrawals. And I wish in a sense that maybe I had taken the step down approach even from that. And so some people say that the ideal way is that maybe after a week, you cut down by like 50 grams per week. But this requires a lot of uh, managing and monitoring your macros. But if you can do a step down literally that way and just cut down by 25 to 50 grams of carbs per week then you get to a ketogenic state. But it's hard for a lot of people to do that, though.
1: And I think it depends, you know, what is more sustainable for you. If you're so impatient, and you're having really major healing issues, um, it's worth it to you to go strict and to deal with those types of things. But, you know, feeling that type of pain and torture, and then you go to a party and or you go to somebody's house, and everybody's eating homemade donuts and cookies and casseroles. And like, if you're just going to feel so miserable that you cave in
0: that moment, then it's definitely not worth pushing yourself in that way. Let's say I was eating the 300 grams and I said, okay, the next week I'm just going to eat 250. It's easy to blur the lines, right? Well, let's yes. say I'm, it's a Friday and say, oh, what's the big deal if I have another 20 today? And then I'll be right back at 300, right? So um, that's why for me, I know that step-down approach wouldn't have been ideal maybe if I just cut it down to 100 grams though instead of the 20 grams may have been a little bit less of a shock to my system but I think this is again where it really depends on um your body and your personality my parents uh, my mom was diabetic she still had a very hard time transitioning and I kept in I think at least 50 grams of carbohydrates but she slept for most of the day her body was not used to using sugar effectively. And then without sugar, it was just crashing. And now thinking about it, maybe she would have done better if we slowly cut out the carbohydrates, and it was less of a shock. But
1: I almost wonder, though, if maybe it would have staying at 50, I feel like for some people, you could be in ketosis. And for some people, you couldn't. So maybe she was almost like bordering that in and out of ketosis for a longer period of time. So the idea of either keeping in more carbs in the very beginning to get adjusted, or going more strict where you go down to zero carbs because maybe her body would have flipped that switch quicker to switch into a fat burning mode. I I'm curious about that. I I agree with you. You know, just trying to gradually cut out things, tracking that closely is not something that is sustainable. So I think for people who don't want to track things, who don't want to worry about how many carbs, who don't want to worry about macros, uh, and doing a lot of Gradual tracking in that way, going all in is is really helpful. So, especially if you know, like I said, if you're coming in from some sort of keto or low carb diet, really just cutting out all the vegetables, cutting out everything to get down to uh, beef only, even going down to like meat only. So let's you know, if you're really just looking at weight loss and you're having some inflammation things, and you're not having. Drastic healing, just going to meat only, and then adding things in like eggs, adding in dairy over time. So you're aware of how those things are affecting you. I do think, I don't think that everybody has to go without those things forever, but I do think it's important to spend a decent period of time without dairy so that you know how it affects you. I think it's same thing with eggs uh, and with fish like you mentioned a few other things like if you haven't spent any time without them you're how do you know how it's really affecting you and what it's causing in your body
0: when i went meat based i included all of those things so i never went just beef only and when i tried to do beef only it was so hard for me because i was used to eating all these other things and for me like i didn't need to go all the way down to not having eggs and not having certain meats because I didn't, that was not my struggle. I never struggled with autoimmune. I didn't have a thyroid imbalance. I didn't have hormonal issues. So for me, it was just fixing the mental health and I didn't have to remove a lot of the things that I guess carnivore cure week one does. But there's a lot of people that any kind of meat, if it's um, whether it's been aged, whether there's any histamines, they can't tolerate it. And so they need to get the freshest cuts. And then for those people doing a ruminant only or beef only or lamb only is super ideal because It will help them to identify certain foods that cause an autoimmune response or a response to your immune uh, system that causes more sensitivities. And then as you again find a baseline, then you can figure out, okay, um, let's try egg yolks for three days in a row and let me see if my symptoms are the same. And if they're not, then maybe there's an indication that maybe I don't do well with egg yolks. And that's how you can slowly do a reintroduction and find the foods that actually benefit you instead of are, um, causing you harm.
1: I think that when you when you go, let's say you're starting beef only for the first time. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of people who are going to stay there long term. People like Michaela Peterson, who have very severe health issues. This is extremely healing for them and it's necessary. But that's not the goal. Like the goal isn't to do beef only and nothing but beef and lamb for the rest of your life forever. Um, I think, you know, like you talked about if if that's where you're starting, there's not a lot of variety in there. And if you're somebody coming from a ton of variety, that is going to be more mentally difficult for you. But let's just say you're doing keto right now, you're doing some version of low carb, and you decide that starting tomorrow you're gonna do beef only or ruminant meat only uh, for a period of time to start doing that elimination diet. Obviously, it's everything we're talking about is outlined in more detail in carnivore here. So that would be a place to start. But there's a couple things that you're going to want to make sure that you're doing if you are starting with this all or nothing approach. And the first thing uh, is going to be obviously set up a time frame on what you're going to do, plan ahead for that. And then also make sure your electrolytes are in balance. So even though you're doing beef and and lamb only, making sure you're getting adequate salt, potassium, magnesium, right? Like you could talk a little bit more about that. But making sure you're getting electrolyte balance is going to be key in
0: in ensuring that you feel good as well. Whenever we do a low carb diet, we end up losing a lot of the extra water weight we're carrying with carbohydrates. What you want to make sure and do is that when you are losing a lot of that water weight, that you make sure to have enough electrolytes in your system. So the macro minerals are uh, sodium, calcium, magnesium, and potassium. And most people don't need to supplement calcium, especially if you're eating dairy, you don't. If you do sardines with bones, you won't need to. But some people that only do beef only or lamb only, maybe they'll need a supplement calcium. If you are a fast oxidizer in the hair mineral test, you may need a little bit of calcium, but generally you shouldn't need a bunch of calcium. And um, You could take K2, vitamin K2, that's supposed to help keep the calcium in the bones. A lot of the electrolyte mixes, if you see, they have mostly sodium, magnesium, and potassium. You may want to take one or two packets, uh, one to two times a day, and and then see your sweet spot. And then as you get better, you can then remove taking these electrolyte mixes. You can also do Soleil water. Soleil water has all the trace minerals. It doesn't have a ton of magnesium and potassium, so in the beginning, you may need to su- supplement those separately. And again, you'll have to figure out your sweet spot. Everyone is so different. So I can't even say take X amount of magnesium and this amount of potassium. Uh, What I would say, though, is potassium is more of an energy source. So you may want to take potassium in the morning with the sodium or with the sole water. And then magnesium, you could take it afternoon and evening. I'm a big fan of the magnesium spray because it's more absorbent and used by the body quickly. But long term, if you want to increase your magnesium, you probably also need to supplement some type of magnesium.
1: So those are those things are going to be key. I think the more dra- the more strict you go from the very beginning, the more important
0: it is going to be to uh, make sure your electrolytes are properly balanced. I know for me, when I first went carnivore, I heavily leaned on cheese to get me through a meat only diet and so i would eat i distinctly remember i would eat those 8 ounces cheese in a sitting because i wanted to eat something else and so all i would do was cut up slices of cheese and keep eating it because i wanted something else and so maybe at that time if i just cut out the cheese it, i'm sure it would have been harder but at least maybe i would have been more assimilated to the meat only diet faster without having gained some weight at that time
1: well, I do think that's what I was going to say is in the beginning when you're, especially when you're going all in carnivore, like this extreme, it's important to really re- help your appetite regulate itself. And so it's necessary just to eat whenever you're hungry, especially in the beginning, you can't be like worried as much about specific meal times. And I think you kind of just need to eat as much beef as you want in the beginning, but the down and as often as you feel like you need to until your body adjusts to this, the downside to that, and I think with going this all in approach is that you could, it is not a quick weight loss fix. And so if you are going this extreme and you are going to stress out about a pound or two weight gain, or even a few more than that, right? Like your body has to kind of regulate what it's burning for fuel, what kind of weight you're carrying and a really big distribution of losing that water weight and bloat and digestive stuff, but then retaining all of this meat until you're burning fat. And it's just kind of a whole transition and if you're stepping on the scale two days into this and you're going to freak out because you're up five pounds like this might not be the best approach the all-in approach doing something more gradual like we're going to talk about in a second might be better because this is not a quick weight loss tool carnivore for sure i mean there's other ways to do it which we'll get into but this all-in approach is not that
0: yeah, I know that carnivore is advertised as a weight loss diet. And if you are very obese, and you've been living off of the standard American diet, and you have not been keto, for sure, you will lose some weight. But for the majority of my clients that have been eating keto that has still have some weight on them that they want to lose some weight, if they only go to meat, carnivore does not lose weight. And in fact, either they stall, or maybe they gain some weight. And I think when we try to get to healing and we have been under eating for so long of our life, then the reality is that there may be a period where we'll stall eating a carnivore diet. I think if people have realistic expectations coming into a meat only diet, uh, you will absolutely or can absolutely have healing. But the weight factor will be something that you may have to wait, uh, wait on a little bit, especially if you've been under eating your whole life.
1: I think that's even if you've been doing calorie counting and calorie restriction in effort to lose weight, and you've been living on even keto, but salads and grilled chicken and a lot of those other things, wraps and stuff to try to lose weight, and you've been doing 1200 calories a day, you switch over to this all in carnivore approach, you're definitely going to gain weight. I think Judy and I both at different points, I got to my lowest weight ever with carnivore and tons of fasting. And I cut out a lot of the fasting and I just switched almost more to like an all in approach versus doing um, beef only with with a lot of fasting. And I gained a lot of weight. I also then kind of like still was shirked carnivore, but lost Uh, went back to emotional eating and snacking and ate too often and did all these bad habit things in 2020. And I did gain a bunch of weight on carnivore. So it is absolutely possible to lose weight with carnivore. I've done it, but you're not going to do it by doing this all in approach.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I got my mental health back, but I'm not at the weight that um, I was when I was plant-based. But I mean, if it's the sacrifice of me being mentally okay, I'm, I'm fine with it at this point.
1: Right. And I think there's other things too that are coming into place like healing proper hormone health. You know, we have a full episode on fasting and we have a full episode on hormone health. So if this is your first time joining us, you can check out those episodes for like a more in-depth about how to fix your hormones and what could be going on. And also then like I just mentioned fasting with weight loss, we have that whole episode that really talks about that for sure. So um, any other thoughts on kind of all in, we talked about some pros and cons
0: and maybe some ways to get started on it. I would really just plan out your first week um, in the sense of if you really want to do a meat-only diet and you're ready to go all in, I would go into your pantry and remove all things that are not meat-only. Consider it an investment. And if you go all in, I think it's a huge, huge thing to prepare in advance, figure out your why, get into the space of not just, okay, I'm going to start a new diet on Monday, but more of... Okay, why do I want to do this diet that I know is going to be hard, that I know is going to be an elimination diet, but I can find healing. And so even do a pros and cons list of what what am I feeling today that is just making me miserable, that's de- making me depressed, that's making me feel such low energy. And then write the pros of what I possibly can heal from this. And then understanding these things and then removing the foods in your pantry and then just getting yourself ready. So preparing meats, go to the grocery store and get the meats that you like. Don't worry about the quality at first. Don't, don't worry about anything other than what meats do you enjoy so that you can just get through a day at a time. And then you can uh, move levers from there, whether you go all in or whether you do a step down approach. I think the a mental health side and preparation are so important.
1: That's so true. And pick a week that you know, like if you need that afternoon nap because your energy is dipped, like find a week that's not super emotionally stressful for you. You're not going to be dealing with something. You're not coming, getting ready to go on vacation or you're not dealing with the anniversary of a loss or something that's going to be really emotionally triggering or difficult or you're, you know, you're being pulled in a million different directions. Like find a week when maybe is a little I mean, don't put it off for months and months waiting for that week to happen, but at least know what's coming. And so you know that you can prepare for it. And how are you going to handle those situations? Like the end of your first week, you have a family party. How are you going to handle that situation and really planning
0: ahead? That's so key. Just listening to content, being part of a communities and making this a normal thing as part of your life is so important. This is where those RX groups and those like monthly groups that a lot of the influencers have that have been carnivore for a long time, this is where it may be beneficial just to get a sense of community so you feel it's normal. It's not like we are all one-eyed monsters, but we're just trying to heal certain diseases and then get your foundation solidified. Another piece of community that you
1: mentioned that we haven't actually talked about in a while is the Carnivore 75 Hard Challenge or group. You know, that's something else that could be a resource for you. Um, Judy created it. It's been, you know, two years ago now. Has it been two or three? Yeah, two years ago now. Two years (laughs) ago. That's how like we got super close in the first place. Um, But it is, you know, based on the uh, Andy Frisella 75 Hard Challenge, but this is maybe a little more like relatable for your average person who can't do like two 45 minute workouts every day, but it is also more focused around carnivore and community and being grateful. And so, um, it's not something that's managed every day. And, and Judy and I don't host challenges for that often, but there is a Facebook group. If you just search for carnivore 75 hard, all of the documents, all the resources, everything Judy created for that are in there and post in there. There's people in there that are doing these challenges regularly post and say, Hey guys, starting You know, this date, I'm going to start a challenge. Who wants to start with me? And you're able to create like a little group of people who can hold each other accountable. And that would give you 75 days of really going strict carnivore uh, and being able to focus on some mild movement and gratitude and family appreciation and community kind of all wrapped up into one. That would be a
0: good thing to focus on, especially as we're kind of wrapping up the end of this year. Several people have asked me if I'm going to do it this October and I'm not. I mean, it took... So I initially made that so that I could work on my book, but it ended up taking over all of my time. And and it was a wonderful, memorable experience, but um, it's just a lot of resources on my end. Instead, what I'm doing is I, we made a free community program where it was everything that uh, would help you be successful to create a Carnivore 75 hard that makes sense for you. There's a free class program now you can join that also has all the resources. Then there's a Facebook group with over, I think almost 5,000 people now. And you could join that and you can post every day. I know I'm not really in there, but all the forms, everything you need is all laid out there for you. Um, There's even a tracker for the 75 days. You could put stickers on it and then see how far you're coming along. And there's a person that started with us um, and he's almost at day 700. So he has done the Carnivore 75 hard, the five aspects to it, for every single day since we started. And he has lost over 100 pounds. He's gotten off his medication. And he's just done a tremendous amount just by starting that challenge and then continuing on. I guess secret sauce that I've seen with all the people that got really successful with the first Carnivore 75 hard Challenge were the people that posted everything that they shared their meals, they shared their movement, they shared their meditation, their intermittent fasting, and their gratitude. That's your commitment, that's your accountability. And the more you share, the more that you will be motivated to see till the end.
1: And kind of like we're talking about now, this all in or gradual approach, like I have a friend who often creates these big challenges for herself, hundred-day challenges, 30 days super strict, like all these challenges. And a couple of days into that challenge, I think I see her get like overwhelmed and kind of fall apart and forget all of those steps of everything. And so if this type of 75 days or big type of grand challenge is going to be overwhelming and throw you off, that's not the right approach for you to take. I personally am somebody who loves to like check things off of a to-do list. And I love that sense of accomplishment of like finishing each day, checkbox. Great. I did five tasks with, I get five wins in a day and then I get a daily win. I get so many daily wins that this type of challenge does work really well for me. And it does help keep me motivated and on track. So if this is going to be too overwhelming for you, then it's probably not the best uh, thing to push you and, and you don't want it to throw you off. But just know if you're somebody who loves those daily wins and Multiple times a day wins, uh, and it's
0: going to help keep you motivated. It would be a great resource and great way for you to get started. Um, it's definitely a resource. It's not for everyone, but it if you do try it, my biggest recommendation would be to keep yourself accountable by sharing it on social media.
1: Yeah, even it doesn't matter what your what your following is, but just for you to have a track record yeah. of um, keeping it and it's going to, it's hold you accountable for sure. I think that's part of, that's one of the biggest things about it is that, that accountability piece. And that can be why the Facebook group and finding some people to do it with you can be helpful.
0: Yeah. And we'll put all the links to the carnivore 75 Hard free program, the Facebook group and all of that um, in the show notes. Okay. So let's talk
1: about a more gradual approach. Um, when we look at, so going all in from what the diet that I was eating before, you know, going super strict like this, cutting everything out at once, I probably wouldn't have lasted very long because I'm just going so extreme. It would seem so overwhelming. Um, I'd be giving up everything that I knew and then jumping right into fasting. And like all of that just sounds like a disaster for me. I did go straight from all of the crappy garbage food to a keto diet for sure. And there's so much room in a keto diet. So I do think that, you know, gradually cutting out like 10, 20 carbs a week, I think is going to take you so long. And I, I agree with you that it's really kind of going to set you up for disaster because you're, maybe I cut out the French fries, but I still eat the bun on my burger. Like we're not talking about that gradual. We're talking about let's go low carb. Let's go keto. Maybe you keep in a sweet potato occasionally, or you keep in, you know, some more carby vegetables and some fruits. Um, the way that I did it. And again, I don't know if I would have done it this way. Had I known about carnivore, it wasn't a public thing that I knew about back then very, you know, it's not something that I had heard of before. Um, But I kept in a lot of stuff like low carb tortillas. So going from like regular tacos, but then keeping in a low carb tortilla um, and using that instead of a bun or keeping in a quest bar instead of a Snickers bar, like that was actually really beneficial for me. Um, Keeping in Lily's chocolate instead of, and, or the ice cream instead of the, Ben and Jerry's ice cream at night. So those things did make a big difference for me. It helped me to bridge that gap. I lost weight right away. When you're going and just, you know, you're getting into ketosis and you're cutting out a lot of that food, I was able to lose weight, but very quickly I did stall because I was still eating so many processed foods. And so I'm the type of person who can focus on kind of one thing at a time. I need a win. And if I have too many things that I'm trying to hold myself accountable to, and I don't win on those things. I give up everything. And so I need, you know, really good, simple milestones and things I can focus on one at a time. So the first thing I did was obviously cut out, uh, cut out like sugar and carbs. And so saying no carbs, I can eat whenever I want, whatever I want, as long as it's not like traditional junk, you know, traditional sugar. So bread and sugar was kind of my first step. And so even if it was more processed, I still was able to eat those for a while. And that did help me, um, in the beginning after a week or two, and I had kind of lost that first initial weight. Then I had to cut out like one thing at a time. Maybe it's cutting out the quest bars was the first thing that got I got rid of. Then I realized after that, how terrible they made me feel. As soon as I cut out the quest bars, I realized my digestion instantly got better. So then it's cutting out the Lily's chocolates and the made me realize just again how much less bloating and cramping and digestive issues and constipation that I had and cutting out the after another stall it's cutting out the vegetables and the low carb tortillas and so it was really kind of almost like I gave up one thing a week um, but in the beginning I was really able to bridge those over keeping in things like a Diet Coke and sugar free gum for me was a, a really great bridge Dr. Siwis talks a lot about bridge foods and they were really important to me you know, Judy mentioned that those things would have caused her to binge. So it's really important that you're aware of what are those bridge foods causing you to do, and is it helping you or is it hurting you? Um, and that's more than anything. It's not about is this food allowed? It's is this food helping me meet my goals?
0: So it sounds like what you did was you basically went, okay, I'm just going to lower my carbs. And if there are sweeteners, if there are foods that are uh, net carbs are closer to zero, that's perfect. It's all in. And then once you got to a, I guess, a new rhythm, then you started cutting out one by one. Is that...
1: Yeah, absolutely. It really, it was out of a impatience to want to lose weight more quickly. And so every time I hit a stall, I just said like, what do I need to cut out first? And if I was losing weight and I could still eat a keto dessert, I kept it in. But there comes a time and it will come a time for you. I had over a hundred pounds to lose and I was coming from such a terrible diet. I could do all of those things. When I still needed to lose 80 pounds, I could have keto dessert after every meal and I would lose weight. But there, after another 20 pounds lost, there came a time when I could no longer lose weight and keep those things in. And so out of my you know, desire to lose weight, um, that's also the difference. And I think the more that I cut out those foods and the more I replaced them with meat, the more I realized how much natural fasting I wanted to do. I wasn't hungry as often when you're eating those processed foods. I was still eating you know, multiple times a day, many times a day. And as I replaced, took out the Quest bar and replaced it with bacon and eggs, I realized it took me so much longer to get hungry again. And rather than eating two hot dogs wrapped in a low carb tortilla for my meal, I had a big bowl of ground beef and cheese and sour cream like that kept me full for so much longer. So do what you got to do in the beginning to get off of all the junk, in my opinion. And then the more that you can replace things with steaks and you know full actual pieces of meat and stuff that's more nutrient dense, the more you're going to find that over time, um, you, want to, you want to eat less. And those things like fasting are going to come a lot more natural to you. You certainly can't. I mean, I would have a hard time eating six times a day if I was only eating steaks. Yeah. Uh, I can eat a lot of steak multiple times a day, but it would be hard to eat that often.
0: Yeah, and I mean, what you said is basically the elimination diet, right? It's just, you did it in a slower process, but when you noticed that you felt better without the Quest bar, it's like you eliminated it and then you had a new norm where you have this new baseline of, oh, wow, like I don't get hungry as fast. I don't have as much bloat. And and you notice this new norm And then that's when people can either, again, just coast or they can start reintroducing more variety in their diet. When you were eating those Quest bars and those, did you ever, did it ever trigger you to want another Quest bar or like the desire to eat other foods?
1: Maybe not like more of the same thing. I mean, if you've ever had a Quest bar before, they're not great. And so (laughs) it's not like I wanted to eat more of them. It definitely made me want to eat a Snickers, you know, and eating low carb ice cream makes me want to eat Ben and Jerry's. And so that's part of the reason why once I cut them out, I realized how much happier I was without them. And so I, I, I do wish I would have gotten to the end sooner because I'm happier without them. I would rather have not have a, Keto ice cream because it's just gonna make me want the real thing. It doesn't actually satisfy that craving for me. And if anything, it causes more cravings. So I live my life now in this not having those things um, because that's is where I feel physically happiest. And it's also where I experience the least amount of cravings. I can tell the more strict that I am, the less cravings that I have for sure. Um, but I think I just I wish I would have gotten here sooner. I wish I could have had the mentality to go to this strict all in approach. But I know that if you told me at 260 pounds, you to cut out everything and do this extremely drastic thing, I don't think I would have, I wouldn't done it. I mean, especially giving up all those things at once. And so while I'm, I'm happiest here in this really strict world, I just don't think I could have mentally done that where I was before.
0: Yeah. And I think that makes sense for most people, right? I mean, I think even me doing keto first was a bit of a step-down approach. And during that time, I tried the Quest bars, I tried Fat Bombs, I tried everything that was available at that time, which wasn't much for keto. but if I wasn't fat adapted before I went meat based, I don't know if I could have done it. And so I also needed that step down um, in that perspective.
1: Yeah. You're not, you're likely not going to experience as drastic of a keto flu in that, in that standpoint, because you're keeping other things in. Uh, It's a little easier to come up with creative ways to eat. You're not, you have a lot more variety in the beginning Uh, I think those things can be helpful. It's easier to kind of eat with a family who's still doing lots of carbs and to not feel like the odd men out in the beginning. I think so from a lifestyle perspective, sometimes it's a little easier to stay on track to get there. Um, Both of these things are great and I don't think either one of them is right or wrong. It really just is going to depend on what works for you. I think though, if you are trying to lose weight, or you are still having health issues and you can't figure out why look at everything that you're eating. That's not a ruminant and just cut one out and you know, really the get more strict essentially to try to um, break that weight loss stall or to try and heal the issue that you're still struggling with.
0: Yeah. My mom, she went keto first. So she was doing the sheer talking noodles. I think those the miracle noodles So we would get the no sugar added, the Rao's um, uh, marinara sauce, and then we would use a lot of ground beef and cheese. And and over time, it was really hard for her to track her carbohydrates. I tried to teach her how to read the nutrition label. And it just became easier and easier for her to just eat meat-based because she didn't have to count anything. She just knew that she needed to eat until she was full. If she wanted avocado here and there, she could. Um, And then over time, she did her own elimination diet, that when she started trying to reintroduce a little bit of rice or introduce a little bit of fruit or some nuts, she would notice inflammation immediately. And so then she would say, oh, I notice... My stomach feels the best if I just eat meat only. That's exactly what, like when you mention those things, if you're used to eating spaghetti
1: and garlic bread, like those, that's a great step. However, when you're mentioning that in my head, I'm just thinking about all the dishes that you have to do <laughs> and the cost of that, the replacement foods are very expensive. And if yeah. you're looking from a cost perspective and you're going from a standard American diet to a replacement diet, re- replacing these things with processed foods, the fake noodles. And this, all those things that you just mentioned, that's way more expensive. But if you're, if you're switching to meat only, that's where things actually get like go way down on the cost. If you're eating nothing but beef and bacon and eggs, like even though steak prices are higher, you're still spending less than you were on a standard American diet. Um, and drastically less than if you were doing this, like replacement version of everything. Like that's where things get really expensive and also just really complicated. And there's so many dishes and it's just, I agree with you. I uh, sometimes miss the cooking and the baking and all that kind of stuff. But anytime I try to do that, I'm just like, man, I should have just had a steak. Like that would have been cheaper and easier and way more uh, physically satisfying as well.
0: Yeah, when I was keto, I bought like every muffin pan, like those fat bomb little silicone containers, and they're just kind of collecting dust. Yeah, exactly. I think, but, but again, you have to get there. You have
1: to be yeah. mentally ready for that. And being able to have some like a low carb, you know, coconut flour muffins in the beginning um, when you're used to eating donuts every morning like that. <laughs> like I sometimes think people think I'm being dramatic when I talk about eating donuts every morning or like I, I literally literally stopped at the gas station every single morning and got a pack of hostess donuts and a big fountain drink of diet Coke. And like every single morning, uh, that was my breakfast. And then I also maybe went to (laughs) Chick-fil-A for another breakfast. Like I'm not exaggerating when I say every single morning. And so having things like keto muffins that you can grab and eat in the car and kind of do that at the same way. Like I, I smoked in college and that trigger that emotional and physical trigger of like getting in the car and the first thing you want to do like you your hand goes up to like stick out the window for your cigarette and like the hand to mouth motion I quit smoking by using dum-dum uh, lollipops because I needed the hand to mouth and I needed. to I would get in the car and I would put a, su- a sucker in my mouth and then I would turn the car on and then drive like I couldn't drive with a cigarette or a sucker in my mouth and so it's obviously been many many years but like having a physical replacement was very helpful to me in the beginning. If everybody else is sitting around taking food to the movies in the beginning is really important. And having a replacement is helpful. Um, I think over time, obviously the goal is to not need those things. And I think you're going to find that you don't want them. Like once you've kind of detoxed from all of that, I would find that I didn't want that. I'd rather just have bacon or I wasn't even hungry for it because I was still full for my steaks the night before. Um, but those things can be very helpful for you in the beginning.
0: Especially if you had an oral fixation, if you have, um, I guess if you need that bridge food, it'll be really important to have these temporary, even if they're expensive, there's so many keto snacks out there, or if you want to just manage your carbohydrates and you have like a fruit or, um, some berries with some high fat yogurt instead, I mean, whatever you need to get there, but the danger is if you stay there. And the only reason I'm saying that is for most people, eventually that they fall off and then they had just the standard American diet over the weekend. I continuously see people that will eat those snacks over and over, and then they end up eating the standard American diet. So they're eating like either keto processed junk foods for a week or two, and they feel that they're eating pretty clean, eating those. And then they eat, a week of just processed foods. And I think that is probably a very dangerous diet to follow because you're eating high fat. And then when you do eat the standard American diet, if you are going all to town and eating a bunch of sugar, now you're eating also a bunch of sugar.
1: And that's definitely what happens to me. That's I can't incorporate those keto treats and those low carb foods or those snacky items in my diet because then all it does is make me want the real thing. It increases cravings and then I kind of fall apart. But you know, then I'll go back to being super strict again. And then I start telling myself those lies of like, you can have some keto treats and it's keto, it's low carb, it's approved, it's totally fine. And it's this like crazy vicious cycle. And I'm a disaster half the time. So I think that it, you really, you just got to be honest with yourself. um, And it's hard to do that. It's really hard to do that. But I think cutting things out with the goal of having an end result or, you know, having this plan in place does make it a lot easier in the beginning.
0: I really wish that people could just hit zero carbs in, or that feeling of like, wow, I'm not tired. I have energy. I'm not hungry. I feel satiated. And if you get there and you don't have any gut issues, you're not burping after a meal, you don't need to take an afternoon nap. Once you feel that, and then if you eat anything else, you'll notice, oh, wow, I, I see how food can affect me, my mood, my energy, and the lack of efficiency I have. And I wish once people taste that, then I don't know if they would ever really want to steer away from being meat based. I think that's important. I think that one of the most important things you need to
1: do to get there and to find that zero carb Zen and to find that baseline of healing and energy and happiness is consistency. And if you're not consistent, you will not find that you're not going to reap the benefits of it. You're going to kind of get the worst of both worlds, like we were talking about. Uh, And it's, I think inevitably, it's going to push you back to um, just a standard diet, because it's not sustainable for you.
0: If you are listening, and you are trying a carnivore diet, or a keto diet, or a paleo diet, or an animal based diet, whatever it may be, just stick to it for a while. I think the good and bad about the internet is that the good is that you get so much information the bad is that you get so much information. So people follow so many different influencers, doctors, practitioners, and then they hear, oh, I need to add this one thing because it's such a superfood. And then they hear from someone else, oh, I need to also add in this thing. And then it's just, well, what do I follow? Because now people are sharing contradictory information. And I think that's where whatever you decide to stick to, if you did that planning, the mental health of the pros and cons list. And if you did all that, you just stick to what you wanted to stick to. Do it at least for ideally 90 days, but maybe even start with just 30 days. And then if something's not working, then you can shift. Maybe you add a back of fruit or maybe you work on your sleep or you work on your stress, whatever it may be. But the biggest issue I see with majority of my clients is they're following way too many people and they can't stay consistent long-term.
1: And I think that's, we talked, this is a beginner's, you know, like how to start a meat-based diet, whether it's gradual or all in. What we did not talk about was your fat to protein ratio and if you should eat organs or not. And if you, um, what type of beef you need to be eating and your fasting routine, like those things are not for beginners. Those things are after you've been doing this for a while, then let's analyze what's going on. What's going well, where are you getting stuck? What, what do you need to tweak? based on stuff and and like Judy said if you're following every um what everybody is doing you're going to kind of ping pong all over the place but right. it's really taking this approach of either all in or gradual whichever is going to work best for you and then after a period of time okay my weight loss is stalled what do I need to adjust do I need to increase my fasting do I need to decrease my dairy my do I need to change my fat to protein ratio, but none of those things should be a concern in the beginning. I think that when you're going to this meat-based diet, you shouldn't really need to worry about tracking macros in the beginning. You shouldn't worry about what those things are. It should be something that hopefully is sustainable for your life. There's a lot of people who can just eat the meat they like, that they can afford, that sounds good to them as often as they're hungry, and they can do that long-term. There's some of us who could eat nonstop, whether I'm hungry or not, and I've had to adjust that fasting lever because this like natural intuitive eating is broken in my brain. And I can't ever like trust my own body because my own body just tells me to eat all the time. Um, And so I have to kind of use that fasting lever, but that doesn't come in the beginning. That comes later, you know, focus first on getting detoxed off of the other stuff that you were doing, finding your root cause healing. Um, and really getting to the bottom of it you know this is this is not that like how to lose 30 pounds in 30 days episode this is a like how do i heal and find long-term health and happiness um and that's the first step really is just getting there and and you have to find what approach is going to work best for you
0: and i have a beginner's carnivore guide um so i will put that in the show notes i do think macros are a little important in the beginning now i'm not saying that everyone needs to calculate everything but You know, let's say when you eat a steak or you eat some chicken or whatever you decide to incorporate in your meals, I would add just a little bit of fat just because we get energy either from our glycogen or our glucose or our sugars, or we get it from fat. Now, we get some from protein, but it needs to be broken down. If we're not breaking down our amino acids quickly for sugars, then we will feel the dip in energy. So instead, you can just use some fat. Now, I know there are people that say use the fat on your body, but it's always good to support the body, especially if you're feeling low energy. Maybe add a little bit of fat. Don't worry too much about the macros, but like if I ate a ribeye, adding just like one tablespoon of butter, and or maybe you have to do suet, or maybe you do tallow, or maybe you do bone marrow, whatever it is. But adding a little bit and seeing if it'll help. Now, if you have loose stools, then obviously uh, that won't work for you. So um, it really depends, but I have seen that most people do better with eating a higher fat approach in the beginning, but you have to balance that with the loose stool. So you may have to eat like three meals a day or four smaller meals to get in enough food. Again, this is going to really vary, but I've just found that if you eat too lean of meats, you will feel hungry all the time and your energy may tank.
1: Definitely. For me, I know I did go through it a period of time when I was strict carnivore where I just wasn't eating enough. And that is kind of the only time that I've been on carnivore where I, um, Dealt with some negative symptoms from carnivore, right? Hormone issues and things like that, where I was exercising a lot at the time and I wasn't eating enough. And so, you know, eat, you know, try to. because I was just restricting myself. And I guess in a sense, I was so worried about my fasting window that I just wasn't eating enough in one sitting. And so, you know, over time, just kind of look back and see how much are you eating and make sure that it's enough to like actually sustain your body. I think, you know, you can lose your appetite a little bit after you've transitioned into carnivore. And so um, it's important just to kind of add the fat, like Judy said, or or make sure that you're actually eating enough so that it doesn't cause you issues in the future.
0: Yep. I think that's good. So we are going to read some of the reviews that came in. Um, so this one is from Lynette B. Um, love, 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 love. I love this podcast. Please keep it up. Thank you.
1: All right. Next up, we have one that's not so loving, but it is a three-star review from XCED007 becoming more political. Love the conversation here, though I'm concerned this show is becoming more political. I wish they stick to nutrition and meat-based diets. Becoming political will add more distractions and make them less trustworthy. So I listen, I appreciate all types of feedback. I will say it's hard to um, stick with only nutrition when nutrition is Uh, tied into current events a lot. And so when things that are happening in current events are
0: tied into nutrition, those are things that we're going to talk about. So thank you for your feedback. Um, In general, I just think that we share about wellness and about life and uh, whether it's about our family and nutrition. And unfortunately, our nutrition is mandated by the uh, USDA, FDA, they're all governmental bodies that also mandate a lot of other things in our lives. And so unfortunately, it bleeds into other areas. So there are some people that will be a repeater or a keto person that will not agree with our content. And so I think in the same vein, there will be things that we talk about that may seem kind of political or outside of our realm. But I mean, this is real life. This is real talk. And we're real people that are raising real kids in America. So sometimes it will bleed into areas that may be more uncomfortable conversations. But this is what we promised to you guys from day one was that this will be real talk. And we won't filter things because we just want genuine conversations. so that whether it gets you to think about other things, whether it gets you to have the same opinion or a differing of opinion. So thank you for your uh, feedback. And we just wanted to keep it real and share it too.
1: Yeah, I think things like stress, because of what's going on in the world, have a massive effect on your body and your nutrition and your health. And those are all important things that you need to be aware of and that need to be talked about. And so it'll come up at times.
0: Okay, so the last one is by Jen2331. Thank you. Thank you both for being open about your own mental health and nutrition. Please keep up the great work. Excellent podcast. Thank you, guys. I mean, like we just said, we're just trying to be a resource that you can find comfort and conversation and just open discussion. Um, I mean, we generally believe that a meat-only or meat-based diet is very optimal for health, and that is one of the biggest things we need right now in our country, in the world, is better health. Thanks for tuning in to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share and leave us a review and leave any comments and questions on Apple Podcasts. We will read and answer your questions and comments on an upcoming podcast episode. This also helps us to share our real talk with more community members. You can also find me on my other podcast, Nutrition with Judy, on all podcast channels. You can also follow my content on Nutrition with Judy's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find Carnivore Cure in paperback, ebook, and audio on Amazon. I also have a blog post and weekly newsletter with nutrition and wellness updates. You can sign up at nutritionwithjudy.com. You can find Laura on Instagram at Laura Eastbath. You can follow along on her daily stories and see some of her funny skits. You can also find Laura on her YouTube channel where she shares tips on living a meat-based lifestyle. If you're wondering how much meat to eat in a day, week, or month, Laura has you covered. She also shares how to make a perfect sear on a steak and how extended fasting looks like in real life. You can find her YouTube channel by searching Laura's Bath. Thanks again for listening to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. And remember, make sure to cut against the grain.